I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello here and welcome to this special edition of Husker Online Live. I and mean, we usually would call it post-game live, but uh, we chose to get back to Lincoln. We're here in the uh, lovely confines of the Husker Online office. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Um, what a morning here. Uh, I think we all had an inkling that it was going to play out this way. Um, college game day came in at 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, they teased that they were going to have Matt Rule on. Next thing you know, Ian Rappaport, uh, your your normal group of national writers, confirmed the hiring of Matt Rule. Eight-year contract, terms not disclosed yet by Nebraska. We will hear from Matt Rule at 1.30 on Monday. So we've got a couple of days to kind of digest this, kind of look at things. But, Steve, I'm going to go to you first. Um 33 years covering Nebraska football. Your thoughts just on, on this morning and this day? Well, it's a it's obviously a, a monumental day. This is now this is number six since Osborne. This is the sixth, this is the sixth head coach who's gonna give this a whirl. Okay. Um, I would say at this point, I'm not the one to look to just to sign off on anybody. I'm not, you know, I'm not even gonna do it on this one. It's I think it's a good hire for sure. <laughs> Seems like a good hire. Um, I like the fact that he has steered big ships through tough waters. That's what I keep saying. And I think it was, imp- I do think it was important to get that type of guy. You know, Temple's not a huge ship, but it's a pretty big ship. Baylor's a big ship. The Carolina Panthers are a big ship. Um, and he has all that background. I, I wonder about the recruiting element. I wonder how he's going to go about roster management. I, I mean, he's not really, really delved into Big Ten footprint recruiting. NIL. Um, yeah, NIL. Now, uh, we'll talk about NIL as we go here. Um, I was just talking to Matt Davison. I I, um, I like it. I, I think it's. I think he got a – you know, in the pool of candidates, I think Trev came out pretty strong in this one. Yeah, I mean – What do you think, Rob? My takeaway is they got about as good of a hire as – Nebraska could possibly get at this point, just considering where they are as a program and um, the coaches that were available. Uh, this checks about every box you could look for, and there was never going to be a candidate that was going to unify everybody. Who was like, close in that? Was that Fickle? He'd be up there, um, but even guys like Urban Meyer, super pro- polarizing. I mean, like those like huge pie in the sky guys. So, like, I don't think there was a guy that was everybody was just going to rally around. Say, no, no brainer hire. Well, this is the one that's going to solve everything. But I think what Matt Rule has done and his history of rebuilding desolate programs, look at what Temple was before he got there. Look where Baylor, Baylor was about to be shut down as a program before he got there. Yeah. And I don't put any stock into what he did at Carolina because sometimes guys are not good NFL coaches. Sometimes they're just good college coaches. And I think Matt Rule is an excellent college 
coach. He builds programs the right way. He focuses on the trenches. Um, and I, I think yeah. that he's got, he's got a way of getting players to buy in to his message. That was one of the things that a Baylor, what made them so good. Uh, and if you, even going back to temple players always talked about just how much they rallied around Matt rule and the way that he was able to develop the culture within those programs. And for Nebraska, those are the most important things that they need to focus on. So as far as those qualities go, I don't know if they could have done much better. It's interesting just the hiring cycles of Nebraska since Solich. You go Solich to a Callahan kind of out-of-the-box hire, and it didn't work. And then you go back to a Husker guy, Bo Pelini. And then they go to Mike Riley. We still don't know what Sean Eichhorst kind of his thinking was on that hire, why he went Mike Riley. Then you go back to a Husker guy, Scott Frost, and now you're going back to kind of an out-of-the-box yeah. pro guy. Yeah. And I think what's going to be yeah. unique about this hire is I would anticipate – I mean, we've known a lot of people that worked over there for a long time that that have been around multiple coaches. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, the, there's a completely new group of people in that building. Right. You know, a clean slate, his team, his people. Yeah. And, you know, Nebraska, eight, eight years, guys. And I know we had reported and talked about this, but there was initially some snags with, with Matt Rulesip. And, and you can kind of chime into this. Um, you know, the, the conversations and the negotiations yeah. went back and forth. Uh-huh. And it really changed Wednesday night. And you have some very good insight on kind of Wednesday night and kind of Tuesday night when things really turned over at that point. Pretty good insight. I mean, the timeline is that, the, I mean, listen, it was November 12th when Nebraska played Michigan. Okay, November 12th. Uh, November 13th is the day that Trev uh, drove to Lawrence and talked to Lance Leipold in Lance's house. Um, then it was around that time. It was around that time when it seemed like, okay, that Nebraska was talking to rule too. They were talking to rule at that time, but it seems like they moved apart. There was some kind of snag. It, it was a, during that time. And the it was money probably money or years. It might've been years. He ended up eight years. Maybe he wanted eight years and maybe Sean and Rob, maybe the initial, the initial conversations didn't involve an eight-year deal. Maybe it was seven. Maybe he wanted one more. I was hearing stuff like that. Okay. Now, so then it looked for a while like it might be dead in the water, the rule to Nebraska conversation. As I told you guys, though, remember all during this process, I kept saying, but you got to keep an eye on it. I don't think that ship has totally sailed. And I think Nebraska could go back to him. Well, that's what happened. Nebraska went back. Um, that's my read. And yeah, so it was, well, I'll tell you what, it was Wednesday afternoon when a source told me it's, it's rule or it might, and if it's not rule, it might be Doran, Dave Doran, but it looks like rule. But the source said, get ready. And we did it. We did it. We came up and a did it. 48 this. hour timeline. Is that what you, yeah, that's what, I mean, I don't know. That was, that's what I was told was he had 48 hours to decide. On Wednesday night. Uh, yeah, I was told on Wednesday afternoon that rule had been given a 48 hours to decide. I don't know when he was given 48 hours to decide, but it must've been Monday or Tuesday. And there's people coming. I said, out of the box, what I meant by out of the box hires, no ties to Nebraska, no links yeah. to this school. I'm glad people, people are, people are, are being critical of those right. words. I didn't mean it. Like as I meant as in completely a guy that we've never dealt with at Nebraska, you know, just like Bill Callahan was where mm -hmm. Scott Frost and Bo Pelini were guys that had a, a connection to the Nebraska program. So yeah. 
I wanted to clarify, that's what I meant when I said out of the box. There were no previous connections with yeah. Matt Rule, obviously, to Nebraska. Yeah, outside the box would suggest somebody that's bringing in like a option attack or, or Mike Leach or something like that. No, but that so somebody with no affiliation, yeah. uh, but obviously a, a stellar resume um, mm-hmm. coming in here, which uh, for Trev Alberts to pull this off, I, I don't know on September 11th if the national guys would have predicted this. You know, when you talk about where this thing was at, you know, was this the direction a lot of the national pundits thought in Nebraska? I mean, it's a home run for Trev to pull something off like this. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going home run. I, I think it's good. I think it's a good hire, but I, I'm not doing that. I, I mean, we did. We, I did that with all these other guys, and it, a lot of them didn't work. So I'm not going to do that. I think I, it looks good. It looks good. Yeah, and you know, again, he checks a lot of the box. Yeah. You go back to Trev's opening press conference. I mean, Matt Rule fits a lot of what he was talking about when you you go to culture. Yes, you talk about developing from the lines out physicality uh, physicality you know those types of things attention and, to detail and you know I, I also go back to you know talking about that outside the box conversation uh or at least the outsider conversation that was one of the things trev talked about he said you know we we've got to cherish our past but we need to start looking to the future we can't always talk about how great things were in the 90s we need to talk about how great things are going to be from today going forward and so i think this falls in line with that where they got a guy that is not a Nebraska guy. He's not part of the circle. Right. Uh, you know, and that's what Sean and that's what I was trying to yeah, say. Yeah. So I want to be clear at that. Just like somebody that nobody had any thought of a year ago at this time. Yeah. And, really. and you know, no, I mean, yeah. some people might not like that, but honestly, I think that that's a necessary step. Well, that's, that's my opinion. I think Nebraska needs to turn the page. I mean, yeah. it's been, they're so far removed from those days. So you can't keep talking about what you did in the nineties, what Tom Osborne did. It's mm-hmm. a different game. Mm-hmm. It's a different era, different players. And there's nothing that very little that you can connect from what worked in 1995 to what works in 2023. Yes, and no, but uh, we can get into that. Those later. guys are pushing 50 years old now. I know a lot of those players. Yeah, I know, but but there's certain elements of football that that uh, transcend generations. I mean, physicality. But that's what Trev is getting at. Hey, with rule, attention to detail. Okay, I mean, I know we don't want to go hammer frost, and people actually will say, "Yeah, simple, you're good at hammer frost," and hindsight but frost wasn't a, really a detail-oriented head coach he really wasn't i mean the remember the special teams early in, in his tenure i mean he didn't even know who clock was kicking man, clock managing yeah. things over the time yeah now if if rule is really now you, you everybody that the people i've talked to associated with rule like jake Peets, for instance they always talk about that how detail-oriented he is and again you said it you're right trev Trev emphasized detail oriented. Trev always emphasizes being detail oriented. Physicality. Trev always, I mean, it is at the podium on September 11th, he emphasized that. Um, process oriented. Um, Jake says that that rule in terms of being process oriented reminded him of Nick Saban. Um, this is a football guy. See, this is a this is a this is a guy who's immersed in it. We've had coaches here who weren't really immersed in it. Now, rule is immersed in. That's what Trevor's looking for. So, yeah, there's a lot I like about it. And when I say I'm not just merrily signing off on it, like, you know, this is the answer to everything. I'm not doing that because we've been burned. But, it, yeah, I do. I like I like the look of it. I like the look of yeah, it. You mentioned immersed into it. Like, Riley, you know, didn't feel obviously immersed into things. I mean, he, no. he didn't even own a home in Lincoln. And- no, Bo wasn't a grinder. Scott yeah. wasn't a grinder. No, Call- Callahan was. like Callahan was a grinder. Callahan was a grinder, um, but Bo was not a grinder. He would tell you that. Um, I'm not saying anything he wouldn't that he wouldn't under, he he would tell you that. Scott was not a grinder. 
Um, I think rule will be a grinder. And I think, Hey, listen, I think Trev would tell you this, this place needs that. Absolutely. It, this is the sort of place. And the coaches tell me this all the time. This is the sort of place that requires that. Yeah. It's because it's not easy. You need a captain of the ship. Captain can't steer and run the engine and all that stuff. Like he's, he's got to be able to manage. Well, and when you look yeah. at Matt rule, he doesn't call plays. Like no, he, he, he oversees everything. So he's not going to come in here and still his offense, you know, that that's, or his defense or whatever. He's going to manage everything. Mm -hmm. He's going to have a hand in all three phases, every element of that program. Yeah. And that's, again, that's why he puts his fingerprints all over every program that he goes to. Uh, they, they, they kind of immerse themselves in, in his kind of vision and identity. And when he talked about on ESPN game day today, a huge message that he hammered home several times was a unified effort from the athletic director, head coach, president, all the way down to the secretaries that are working in the football offices. Everybody has to have wake up the same or wake up every morning with the same goals in mind. And if that happens, then great things can follow. Well, Can't yeah, happen. yeah, Can't usually. Happen. Well, and, and you remember um, Trev Alberts was really big in having a head coach not be the play caller, like be the true CEO, which led to Scott Frost in the offseason, making the changes of him running the offense and bringing in Mark Whipple and, and some of these things. I mean, you always got the sense. What did Trev say once? I want a head coach that that's a ball coach or not, not a – not a play caller, not a guy, because at this level of football, it's really hard to run an offense or defense and run a team and manage a game. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen it. We saw Bo do it. Now, Bo did it pretty well. Um, he won a lot he started games. to hand some stuff off, though, didn't mm -hmm. he, at the end of Papuchas? But he's still really – like, Papuchas ran the week of practice installation stuff, but during the game, Bo, Bo would always – We've seen all this. I mean, Frank, Frank Solich, until – Sean, I mean, uh, Rob, you might have been there too. Until his last season, or 2002, mm -hmm. um, 2002, Frank called plays. And then remember, he handed it off. Mm -hmm. Scott handed it off late. Um, it's just too much at a place like this. I think it is. That's my opinion. Yeah. And I think, you know, Bo called the defense, but I think that he, I think that probably held him back a little bit. Um, he had a lot of help, though. What he was did. his involvement with the offense? I mean, was it just completely detached? No, I wouldn't say Bo was completely detached. I mean, I, we would watch so, some practices. Bo was a middle-of-the-practice field guy, always looking at everything. Um, no, I wouldn't say he was completely detached. But at the end of the day, on, on game day, he was calling the defense. So he wasn't always thoroughly engaged. Well, I just he, remember with Frost, like, you'd ask him defensive questions. And be like, I don't know, you have to ask Eric. Yeah. Or whatever, like he, he had special teams. He was totally disconnected from the other two phases of the game because he was so focused on offense. Yeah, Frost. Um, just thinking about all these things, the attention to detail at the beginning, like just the decisions he made, how big of a hole it ended up digging him. You know, just you know, if some of these things would have been buttoned up at the start, it, well, he wasn't very buttoned up. No, I mean, I mean, you just what the Frost conversation. Well, we don't need to get into the Frost conversation too much, but. Y'all, I just always thought, okay, maybe he's learning. He'll get things kind of squared away. Um, but he never got it on. He never found any momentum. All right. So J here we go. I mean, this is new. This They needed this, and here it is. JJ in the super chat hits us up with a comment. Thank you, JJ. Um, he's got a career path like Saban. He can recruit Texas. Yeah. Hmm. When he got to Baylor, one of the first things he did, I can't remember the name of the coach, but he hired a coach to his staff that was deeply entrenched in the high school football scene in Texas. And so they're like, he immediately 
created inroads to the Texas high school football recruiting scene. And it paid off instantly where they were able to tap into that. And that's how Baylor got so good so fast. Hey, here's a question to you guys, Sean, in particular, because this is your expertise. Is it how important is Texas to if you're a Big Ten schools is in Texas important? Isn't yes. he going to have to? Texas it, is important for every team in the country. I, I still it, believe the 500 mile radius. So like you have to get Kansas City, St. Louis, Denver, um, Minnesota, South Dakota, Iowa. I mean, you've got to build probably 60 percent of your class from that part. Isn't Indiana? I, I, I mean, I've been told Indiana is, is underrated. It, you, it, it's blue collar. I mean. Because there isn't a perennial. I mean, Notre Dame's there, but maybe not a lot of the kids could get into Notre Dame and meet their academic requirements. Um, you've got obviously the Hoosiers. Um, anyway, yeah. But Indiana, yeah. I mean, they're up there. Uh, but he's a Northeast guy too. I'll be curious. Yeah. Does he push into Pennsylvania and Ohio yeah. more? Right. Where Nebraska really hasn't had a lot of success. Well, that's where we look at his staff. You got to look at the staff, and we don't have any inkling on the staff yet. So, so a lot of that footprint or where they excel in recruiting will be determined by who he hires. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, got another super chat question here. Um, this is from Cole. Do you think rule rule was Trev's number one guy mm. all along? I mean, I, I think you'd have to be, I mean, Mark's, Mark Stoops might've been up there um, based on the contact that we know we confirmed when it happened. Um, but how serious was that? Was it just kind of a, an inquiry that led to a new contract? Or I don't know. was Trev serious about Mark Stoops? I, um, we know he's serious about Matt Rule. We know at least he was serious about Lance Leipold because they met him. Yeah, he went person. down. He drove. To, he had to be serious about Lance. He took a Sunday to drive down there. I well, Number one, now the question I would pose to you guys is, did he have a defined number one? Do you have a defined number one going into something like this? You might, you might not. I would. I would have a defined number one that I would go after, but I don't know if he looked at, I don't know if Trev would define it that way or not. Right. He probably had a big group he was looking at. Um, you know, I mean, I've heard 14, 15 guys initially, and then, and then how does it, how do you break it down from there is the question. Yeah. I mean, I think that the obvious, every athletic director has a list and you have a short list, but to prioritize like who's, who's one realistic. I think you you only gauge that with conversations, yeah. third party directly, and so maybe that list changed over the first few weeks, couple months of that search. So where his number one going in may have been a little different than what it was when it came down to the realistic candidates. Yeah, Bob in the super chat has a question for Sip or any of us. Does Matt or does Matt Rule have any connections with Mickey Joseph? And oh. I mean, the one that we know of wasn't it didn't end up very well. Joe Brady, right. who was the passing game coordinator at LSU, mm -hmm. went to work for Matt Rule with the Carolina Panthers, was removed or fired from that staff. Um, and obviously, Mickey has a direct connection with Joe Brady. So uh, that's one of the ones we know. But I think in that what – what did you think? In that press conference yesterday, it, it felt like Mickey obviously knew it was Rule and it just – didn't feel like he it almost felt like he knew he his time was up in the air right now. His time was up in, the, up air. in the air. Like he didn't have a he didn't, he didn't know. Yeah. Let's break it down with Mickey. I think most people agree that Mickey could be judged as essential going forward. I don't, but I, I haven't, it doesn't, there's nothing really right now that points to Mickey being on the staff. Mickey has said, Mickey has said himself, he has no guarantees. He told Sean, there's, he has no guarantees. Okay, right? You with me, Sean? 
no guarantees. Mickey yesterday, yeah, I mean, he sounded like definitely his his immediate future's up in the air. My guess is Mickey has offers right now. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure. I, I, I bet. He might be able to go to Auburn now if he freeze. Yeah, I, whatever. I don't know. I'm not speculating, but I bet he has offers um, right now. I, I would – I don't know. I don't know where that is. We don't know the assistant picture yet. Um, I don't know if – we may not get a better idea of that until Monday. Right. Right. The dynamic, though, of having a guy retained in a lesser role that had run the team for nine games, that's a unique dynamic. Yeah. Because if things go wrong and players start turning back to Mickey for, yeah. you know, it creates, it. Cre- I mean, that can get, get I mean, dicey. It, it's just if you're in the shoes of a Matt Rule, there's things you got to think about. Like, you know, are we just going to turn the page or do we want to still have that element yeah. in the program? And, um, it's a tough decision. That's why Matt Rule got an eight-year contract for a lot of money because he's got to make decisions like that. Well, and the portion of the fan base too that was very vocal about wanting Mickey Joseph to be the next head coach. I mean, it was still going on even after the Iowa game. It like, was. I mean, that that never really slowed down with a portion portion of the fan base, and so you you would have that as well. To where, what if people start questioning Matt Rule and say, "Well, Mickey would have done this," and then all oh, yeah. of a sudden, I mean, oh year one all of a sudden you're getting people second guessing you with people on your own staff so there's a ton of value with retaining mickey joseph obviously he's a excellent receivers coach he's an excellent recruiter and he has excellent relationships with a significant portion of the current roster which could help you with roster retention come transfer portal time and also keep the current recruiting class as intact as possible but there's another side to that where you know there's there's potential risks involved with yeah, players, you know, their their opinions and emotions oh, yeah. surrounding that, and then of course the fan base. Man, that, hey, as you guys outlined it, that's a, a bit of a complicated discussion. It is not very complicated. Yeah, it's not. It's not as simple saying, "Yeah, you just got to get, you just got to have Mickey back." Now Trey Palmer's already announced, already yeah. which is not a surprise. No, no, but that was one you would say He's get drafted. That was one you would say, okay, maybe Mickey can help keep a guy like Palmer. Well, that's off the table. Palmer's gone. When you put together a record season like that on a team that really wasn't that good, I mean, he made plays on defense. I mean, no one did that to Iowa's defense all year. I know. That was eye-opening, what Trey Palmer did. And that that their whole – that I thought it was eye-opening. Yes. Well, I thought you were making a face. No, at I was looking at some of the comments. Um, scoffing. Scoffing at <laughs> nothing. I um, want to give it attention. People be happy on the comments. We're having fun here. Exactly. This, is, this is a great morning. Hey, um, now, Palmer. Yeah. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. The, the, the aggression with the game plan with Palmer to me was eye-opening. That they just they they felt that Palmer was good enough that they that he could just beat Iowa with his speed. Iowa doesn't give up the deep ball very easily, and Nebraska just Nebraska was I mean, he just ran by guys. And they didn't, get hand, they didn't get handsy with him in physical. Like, he was able to run. Like, some mm-hmm. of the games he struggled, he wasn't able to really run free. Now, Palmer. they didn't have Cooper DeGene, who is one of the better cornerbacks in the country. Yeah, and yes. I also found it interesting they didn't move Riley Moss over. So, 
a lot of times Trey was matched up with a true freshman getting thrown in there and, and then another like second or third team backup. So, you know, they thought they had a mismatch going in and then that got exploited even more when DeGene went out. Okay. Um, another comment here in the super chat from MR boss two, three, one. Does the Panther buyout money help get better assistance? Well, let's break this down. Uh, currently, at least on the Scott Frost, Mickey Joseph staff, the assistant coach salary pool was $5.15 million. Okay. I'm just going to guess, but my guess is that pool is going to be closer to seven. Oh, yeah. I was going to say six and a half. So, yeah, we're on the same Six page. and a half, like closer to – Yeah. And how does that break down? Okay, you have 10 full-time coaches. Sometimes the strength coach is included in that number. But, I mean, you, you do the math. 10 at 5.15 is – 515,000 per coach counting coordinators. You go up to seven, that's $700,000 on average per coach, mm -hmm. which helps you pay coordinators over a million dollars. So you would have to expect the coordinator hires from Matt Rule are probably going to be seven figure hires. Yeah, I think so. Would you guys agree with that? Yes, I do. It's and, you know, in, in today's era with the money that team school are making now, like that's going to be par for the course. You know, when, when you're talking about the big, the big dogs of college football, I mean, those, the salaries are only going to continue to rise, especially with the money that's coming in. Here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. Now, this is where I say I, I tip my cap to Trev because you always got to keep in mind who you're dealing with, and you're dealing with Michigan, Ohio State at the top, right, at the top of the league. You have to have somebody that you think that you can close your eyes and say, okay, this guy can take down Ohio State. This guy can take down Harbaugh. There's some guys that were mentioned during the course of this search process that I thought, uh, 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 I mean, that'd be nice to be a nice story. I mean, he might be good in the West, but he's not taking out the big dudes. Like Monken. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't like to name him, but yeah, there's a guy, you know, the guys probably. Um, that Bronco, you just, Mendenhall. Yeah, Bronco. I mean, just, just ones that like made you really like, oh boy. Right. Is that really, that's a nice story, but I mean, come on, this is not Nebraska. You don't want Nebraska to be a cute little story. You want Nebraska to, to be in the title picture a lot, in the Big Ten title picture a lot. And I do now I, I this rule I think can go toe to toe with those guys, Harbaugh, Ryan Day. I do. Now I think he can definitely go toe to toe in terms of how he approaches things. The the critical element will be he has to prove he can get the players here. Mm -hmm. that's, that's where the staff conversation yeah. for me comes yeah. in. I know people question his recruiting well your recruiting gets a lot better when you have dynamic recruiters yeah. on your staff so the the big domino has fallen now there's a whole lot of also big dominoes that we need to wait on with who are the coordinators who are the assistants mm -hmm. uh, and who's going to make up that staff that will allow nebraska to uh recruit with the likes of ohio state michigan if they want to compete at that level right all right uh and we got another comment here in the super chat and thank you for bringing these i mean there's a lot of comments we have almost a thousand people watching live right now uh as nebraska announced matt rules hiring officially the news conference is going to be monday at 1 30 okay um so they i think that they they pushed it back um in the to, hawks in the, in the hawks because they want people to get here have time to plan uh, and, you know, I'll be curious, when will Rule get to town? Will he get to town tonight, mm. Sunday morning? Mm -hmm. When will that opening player meeting take place? Yeah. Well, Casey Thompson, after the game, said that they had a meeting scheduled for Monday. A team meeting scheduled so for Monday. So it might be Monday morning because you do want to let the players be home with their families for Thanksgiving. You don't want guys to have to rush back into Lincoln after just getting home um, from that. So 
that's uh, one order of business. Now, got another question here on the contract, and this is from Cole in the super chat. And thanks again for all the great super chat questions. Um, wants to know best guess on the money. So we know it's eight years. Okay. Like, are we talking eight years, 64 million guaranteed? Ooh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Eight, I don't know. Well, look at Lane Kiffin with his potential contract extension with Ole Miss. It was an eight year deal around 9 million a year. Oh boy. So that's Lane Kiffin in yeah. the SEC. So is Nebraska going to be around that range? I don't, know. I don't know how much will Carolina be paying on the front end of the contract too? Like how how much can Trev get away with not or Nebraska get away with not paying as much on the front and make Carolina pay it? And then obviously those final four years, that's when the big money from Nebraska would have to come into play. Yeah, I there's a lot of variables in that discussion, and I think that will be fairly it'll be a fairly complex discussion once we do learn the terms. My guess is it'll be backloaded. It's and I bet my guess it'll be somewhat incentive laden i mean that's what it i mean that's what's been happening here to a certain degree but i think trev's more about that um backloading and incentive laden in laden contracts I, but i don't i mean i don't know i don't know what that's going to look like sean i hate to almost hate to speculate but it's got to be at least eight or nine million a year <laughs> wow you think i mean that's a ballpark i I'll mean bet. that's what he's worth yeah nine like, nine seems hefty well that's what mark stoops got Mm, that's true. Trent Lane Kiffin. So the two coaches that benefited off the Auburn Nebraska carousel, and that's really all it's been so far is Auburn Nebraska. In terms of the big money people in this carousel, um, Mark Stoops and Lane Kiffin got really big contracts out of it. They're going to give them eight years and nine million. Okay. Now it's interesting that since you bring up Auburn, I I was told that Auburn did show interest in Rule, and Nebraska fans will be happy to hear. It was told I was told very early in the process that Rule favored Nebraska over Auburn. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure why I, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I know more today because rule talked about why, why Nebraska was his choice on college game day. Um, he really likes the, the fan base element, um, the history uh, he, I mean, you can tell he's, it's, it's genuine when he talks about how he revered Nebraska. He's that age where he would have, he would have talking revered. to T.O. was a bucket list item on his football career 47 years old so he remember so he can remember the the glory years um so but but it's informative to me that he favored nebraska over auburn i'm not saying he could have had the auburn job i know auburn expressed interest in him one of the early when when they were going through the early snags that was one of the things that that well there's auburn and he might he might be looking at auburn but he seems to like nebraska better all right, moving through super chat. Are there? Uh, this is from Tyler. Um, are there any common staff elements or names around Rule in the past that could join him? And we've hit on a couple. Um, Scott Satterfield at South Carolina, yeah, mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, and then the, the Baylor defensive coordinator. Um, blanking on his name now. Um, and Jake Peets, Jake Peets, the former Nebraska long snapper, walk on from O'Neill, uh, worked with Rule in Carolina for two years. Now I don't know Jake. Phil Snow. Phil Snow is his deep. Phil Snow is the defensive coordinator at Baylor. Yeah, so he's the defensive coordinator for Dave Aranda, who runs the defense, kind of like a Pelini type head coach, who's the head coach but runs the defense. So Phil Snow um, ha- has been with Aranda, and those are the two names that immediately Satterfield come and Snow. Yeah, and then Jake Pete. I mean, Pete's. I don't know that Jake would will be part of this or not. Jake's. Coach, he's the quarterbacks coach with the LA Rams. I think double check that. He's an assistant with the LA Rams. 
Um, I don't know that Jake will be part of this or not, but Jake, offensive assistant, for offensive the assistant for the Rams. Okay, so I don't know what if if Jake would be part of this, but he might be. He might be. And Matt Rule, if you're on Twitter, um, he just made a tweet. Hashtag new profile pick, and um, he officially tweeted out a picture of himself uh, for the first time on his account as Nebraska's head coach. Where do you think he was at today? It looked like he was at a beach. Yeah, he was definitely out at the beach. Um, he posted some photos yesterday of his dogs on the beach, probably doing a little family vacation before uh, he gets to work here. So, yeah, that somebody was asking, why wouldn't he be in Lincoln? I think that's why he's – that's. Clearly on the beach right now and probably going to arrive in Lincoln either tomorrow. Or and that will be interesting because there, I know there are a lot of people that thought or thought, think that Matt Rule did visit Lincoln. Did did, did he visit Lincoln? Has he I don't been know. here? And we'll find that out tomorrow, hopefully, yeah. if he came here. And I'm not saying he ever did, but we never could ever confirm that with anyone that we've spoken to. And mm-hmm. we talked to a lot of people. Uh, but maybe did, did he come to Lincoln will be another interesting thing in this process to see Lincoln check out the facility and some of the things – um, around town before making this decision. Yeah, and, and as far as getting here, there, there are those important dates that you raised in your sh- story, Sean. December 2nd, coaches can start making official visits. And then the 5th is when the portal opens. So they have a whole week to kind of like organize their cards a little bit here. Well, that was a critical. He, and, and I think people were a little nervous about that. If it wouldn't have gotten announced when it did, people would have got nervous. Those in-home visits are, are important. Um, now you have to think you got to think he has his staff pretty much together, right? You would think. So they can hit the ground running. You would think. December 2nd, will be here quickly. You mentioned December 5th is, is the, when the tra- kids can go into transfer portal. And then December 22nd is the start of the early signing period. So yeah, this is all timing wise. I, I tell you what, I mean, the one thing. I'm impressed with the way Trev handled this in an orderly fashion. This didn't, this didn't really ever have the feel of disorder or, you know, like what happened in 2003 after Frank was fired when it was just, it went 41 days and it was a mess. Mm-hmm. This was never, I don't know, you correct me if I'm wrong, but this never felt like a mess to me. It did just in the fact that nobody knew anything. And but so that, you were getting that, all that, these that, rumors and reports so I, internally. No, yeah, I mean, it probably order. wasn't a mess, but yeah. we don't know that. It wasn't a public process. I think a lot right. of people, a lot of people thought and wanted it. Kind of came after the media like this is a public process. It was a, it was an intensely private process, and that's the way it should be. You you can lose candidates if it's not that way. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with the way Trev did this. I really am. I mean, it really look at the way it fell into place today. I mean, think about it, guys. Take a step back. Look at t- how well today fell into place. They have an announcement, rules on college game day. Yeah. Nebraska beat Iowa the day before. Nebraska beats Iowa the day before. This all fell into place really well. Yeah, they did. Um, orchestrated well by Nebraska. Monday, you know, Monday, we, Monday, there'll be the press conference. We have Sunday to kind of, um, you know, let it marinate let it marinate a little bit come up with some ideas get our sleep back a little bit i mean <laughs> but there'll there'll be other things oh, yeah. i but I, but i just I'm, I'm really impressed by the way they handled this nebraska really impressed i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. 
Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. So just looking at our comments, there's still a lot of people that what? Are, are calling us out saying that we're not talking about how this is going to divide the fan base. And for one, we already talked about that. Two, I don't. what coach wouldn't divide the fan base? Is, is that the... Literally is, any coach that has been mentioned in connection to the Nebraska job would have divided the fan is base. Is that that? No, I want to. I want to be careful here. Oh. Um, is that sent? Are you hearing that sentiment? Just on? in the chat and on really? Twitter and message, you know, message boards, all that sort of stuff. Like that's just society. Like no one is ever going to unanimously agree on something. Well, it is. I get it, but I also understand. Mickey did have. Mickey, but Joseph. there are also people thought that he was completely unqualified, right? And then, like there was no way that Nebraska should even consider him, right? And so. You know, it just depends on what what loud majority you are, or minority you want to listen to. What is the hesitancy that those people have with rule? Is it beyond? Is there the unknown? That, I think it's the unknown. The just, unknown. I mean, we kind of know as people kind of know his background, obviously, yeah. but you still don't know him, know much about him. But I think there are experience doing a lot of these over the years. Once they get here, get their people in, buzz and excitement builds up pretty quick. Yeah. So this. Hasn't captured everybody's imagination is what you're telling me. Yeah. And again, nobody was going to do that. All that matters is what happens now. You can't let a few like comments though speak for the fans. And guess what? Those comments get quiet real quick if Nebraska starts winning. So that's 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 all that matters. Like this this type of stuff is good for for right now for the offseason. Uh, but once they hit the field, it's it's gonna be determined by the product. And one thing that we should probably point out, you look at his track record, year one under Matt Rule has been rough. Everywhere he's been, it was rough at Temple. They went like one and eleven. They got same same deal at Baylor, but then they got good very quickly. Yeah, year two, year three, they're winning conference. Now, he never had the competing portal. for conference. He never had the transfer portal. No, this no. is true. No. Different dynamic. Now drill down on that though. But okay, I think that now, goes back to his building process to where you know he's looking for long term development, not just quick fixes. One one thing we could do on our website is analyze what Nebraska has coming back. They, it's now we agreed driving home last night from Iowa City. Didn't we kind of agree this team isn't that bad? I mean, it wasn't that far away. They from should have gone to a bowl game. Yeah, they were a bowl team. team. You, now you did lose a key component today. You lost Trey Palmer, who declared. That's key. Which best, was expected. Best offensive player. It's expected, but it's critical. He's your best offensive player, Sean. And you're going to lose Vokalek, who's close. You know, he's up there as your one of your. What best about O'Shawn? What about Garrett? I mean, I right. think Garrett Nelson will be back. But Oshan, Oshan finally looked like what we thought he was going to look like yesterday. I mean, yeah, he, he was he, a problem. He late freaking in that game. disrupted that game. Good point. So, so I ask those questions: Who's coming back? Who's not? What is rule? Casey. Yeah, Casey. What's what's this picture going to look like? He's the next big one. This roster isn't terrible. I mean, Newsom's a big one. If you could get Newsom back, you think you get Reimer back? You think you get that? You get Hausman. I mean, Hausman, Reimer, an inside linebacker. Henrich is back, too. Henrich looks about pretty like good. about like A.J. Allen? A.J. Oh, God, that's big. Man, that's big. So talk about a coach that's got ties in Texas. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's going to help. Yeah, A.J. Allen's a big, big, big component here. If you can, if you can, I mean, come on, is he staying? That's, that, that, well, those are the kind of players that make a difference. Is Applewhite heavily involved in his decision? Like, yeah, I don't know. Applewhite was still making recruiting offers like up until like Thanksgiving for mm-hmm. Nebraska, which I found interesting. I mean, he's almost kind of just made his own offers on his own, not mm-hmm. really probably signed off by Ginta. And you look at that off, yeah, you look at the offensive line, who's back? I mean, Prohaska, Prohaska, Nuri Nuelanen, yeah, Ben Hart would be back, Piper would be back. Um, 
help me out, guys. What did you say? Did you say Corcoran? Offensive line. No, didn't say Corcoran. Like, Corcoran would be the back. center situation will be interesting. Yeah. Hickson's the only one for sure gone. Um, who would play center next year? Bando. Um, Bando's gone. Bando yeah. would be so gone. So those two are gone. Yeah. Hickson and Bando. Bando and Hickson are gone. But you could either have Ethan Piper and as Topsky. a center or maybe even Corcoran play. They had talked about Corcoran, but Piper that, was the number two center this year. That's what a new coach, though, is going to come in and make these decisions. And you know they'll probably get some transfers. Um, and speak, we got more a lot of super chats, guys. I want to get these in because people yeah, yeah. um, go super chats. We have a lot of them to get to. So uh, Chad just said, "How many top twenty-five recruiting classes has Matt Rule had?" You know, I, I don't know the exact data on that off the top of my hand, but what I do know is he's had a more draft picks than Nebraska has. Well, there's there's some things we need to look at here, Sean, um, to get on our website. That'd be one of them. What what did his recruiting classes at Temple? And Baylor looked like, and, and he did allude today on college game day of how many players from Temple and Baylor made it to the NFL and stuck. So we got to look at that. I mean, those are the kind of things that the people are going to wonder about. All right, Evan in the super chat. What about Bill Bush returning as a special teams coordinator? And once again, that's hard to, to know because we don't know what Matt Rule's got already cooked up. I know. I know. There, I mean, it's not out of the ort question that not one guy is retained. I, that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I think at the start, everyone thought Mickey had like a guaranteed spot. No. That's not the case. No, mm -hmm. Mickey told you to reiterate for people to just join us. Mickey told you he was not guaranteed anything. No. And, and, it, and it runs two ways, too. I mean, Mickey might not want to be part of it. He might have a better offer. Um, I guarantee you Mickey will land. Well, he'll need – I mean – if he came back here, he, he he's going to need more than six hundred thousand. Oh God, he's going to need a million. Yeah, and yeah. so like six hundred now in a pool that could be seven million mm -hmm. is below the market value of the pool. Like, see, I mean, it goes. I mean, it goes back to what you guys said. It, it which is a fairly interesting conversation. What do you do there if you're Matt Rule? Because you guys are right. It could come. It could create complications if it, things don't go well next year. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, people, people suggesting, did we, did we make the wrong hires, the right hire on the staff, as you have alluded to, mm -hmm. there's still, and I hear it from people. I hear, I heard it from people last week when they'd say, sip, what do you think? Sorry about the third person. Um, what do you, what do you, what do you think? And I'd say, well, I think it's looking like rule. Oh man, you're kidding me. And I'm like, what, what's wrong with that? What about Mickey? I had, I heard a lot of oh, that last week, even after the Iowa game. Yeah. I mean, there, were, well, yeah, there was quite a cry yeah. on, on Twitter for um, – all right, David in the Super Chat. More, more Super Chats here. David wants to know, because of MJ's complicated situation, if Bill Bush would – would Bill Bush have an easier time staying on the staff? And we kind of hit what on do you that. Mean? What's that? What do you, I don't like, understand the question. Mickey being a head coach for nine games, that's kind of an awkward deal for maybe Rule to keep him oh, on like the staff. Comparative to Mickey, would it – would that be less of a risk with Bill Bush? Is yes. Is yeah. Less of a risk. Yeah, I think clearly. Yeah. Less of a risk, less complicated. Um, yeah, it would be. Mickey's much more polarizing. Well, Mickey was the interim. Yeah. I mean, I Bill was that that title in itself. Yeah. Bill wasn't the interim head coach. Bill wasn't running the entire show. Right. Bill did an exceptionally good job. Yeah. On special teams and defense. Yeah. Yeah. They got they got to be pretty good on special teams. Yeah. And defense, come on. I mean, that they played really well at times and yesterday really well, period. All right, Prester has another super chat for $9.99. Thank you, Prester. Thank you. Um, is it possible to be both a CEO and a detail-oriented head coach? Which one of those oh, is yeah. Matt Rule? 
No, that's a good question. I think I understand what he's getting at, but absolutely. I think, in fact, being a CEO allows you to be more detail-oriented for the entire program. If you're running a side of the ball, I've heard, I've heard Rick Neuheisel talk about this. When he, was a, when he was a head coach, he called the offense at Colorado, and he said he'd have to go into the office from five, at 5 o'clock to, to get his offensive game plan established during the week and do it from 5 to 8 because at 8, all hell started to break loose. You know, you know what? Come on, if you're managing 150 people, can you imagine what comes up on a daily basis? Think about it. I mean, Sean, you managed how many? And you, oh, you it's get, managing five or six is hard. Yeah. I can't imagine being in that deal. Right. So there's managing use hard. Yeah, it's very difficult. <laughs> there's a lot of issues there. Um, I, I um, but I um, but see, that's what I'm saying. No, and I no, but I think um, I think being the CEO type enables you to be more detail oriented throughout the the rest of the program. I do. And it allows you to focus on details beyond just one or two aspects of your team. And I think that's the most important part where you can have input and evaluation over all three phases, which you're not so caught up in running an offense or running a defense. And again, we we discussed it, but that's what Nebraska needs. Mickey's not the guy, you know, Mickey's not the head coach here, but you can still talk about him as the interim. Colton fight feast. The other day said, yeah, Mickey, he was impressed by Mickey. Now, Mickey's a wide receivers coach, offensive-minded coach. But Colt, what Colton say? He said he would always he would always give me suggestions, always say, okay, this is what you did. This is what you could do better. That's a defensive lineman. So, yeah, as a, and Mickey was a CEO in, in that interim role. He wasn't calling plays. And, and when we were at Rutgers at that team hotel, it was a long Friday where we had to wait around for the game to be played. Yeah. And I saw kind of Mickey – in action on that trip. And you, you could see the way he led the team and the way the players really responded to him. And, you know, as they were walking into meetings, he was outside greeting every player by name, kind of high-fiving guys, talking to each guy. Yeah. I mean, he built an unbelievable connection. I mean, it was re- way different than Frost style. Like Frost just didn't have, no, he didn't have that. that type of personality is probably the way to say it. Yeah, not everybody does. It's a style. I mean, some, some, some managers, CEOs are more removed. That's their style. Some are more kind of part of the fray. And yeah, Mickey's Mickey's wants to be part of the fray. But you knew who was in charge. You knew who was in charge. And I bet with Rule, hey man, I'll tell you what, with Rule, I can tell right now, you'll know who's in charge. You'll know who's in charge. Yeah, I think there's kind of a misconception about him just being this kind of, like, I don't want to say soft or whatever, but like nice guy. But like, no. He's a hard ass. Yeah, I've not like heard you, that. Like talking with people that actually know him. Oh, like. Yeah. He's got some grit to him. Oh yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not. I've not heard anybody say he's soft. I mean, I've heard the opposite. Well, I think he cleans up well and looks nice on right. the camera. But I think behind the scenes, it's a different. Yeah, just just kind of like his presentation. But when you when you actually work with him, or at least yeah. people that have worked with him, they say that uh, he's all business. Yeah, kind of. The more we talk about, it, the more I start. I like it. <laughs> Talking yourself into it. Yeah. We've had about a thousand people peek out on our live here. So thank you for everyone so far for watching. Um, Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, you're watching Husker Online. Normally our post game live. This is Matt Rule live here on Husker Online as uh, we had a late night in Iowa City. We left the stadium about nine, picked up a pizza, hit the road. Got what time did you get? You got, got to your house. We got in our beds about two in the morning. Yeah, I went to sleep at 2 30. Yeah, it's closer to three. So. We kind of knew what this morning was going to bring, especially when it leaked out. And 
I'll tell you, watching Trev Alberts, just a little, I saw him walking around. He seemed pretty calm. He did. Which led let you know, like, he he had a pretty good handle on where the scrambling. So, yeah, Trev was in the press box um, all throughout the game, before the game, and then during the game. Went through the media food line, right, by all the yeah, reporters. He and... did seem very calm. Um, like, he had this under control. Um, you know, we were hearing different things yesterday. I don't want to get into it because a lot of it was not true, I don't think. But but it he did seem absolutely to have it under control. All right. Well, um, making it through here for some of the comments. I mean, press conference 130, and it'll be interesting on Monday how big that is. What are you wondering? What are you wondering, um, guys? I'm interested. Initial staff decisions. Yes. Meet Meetings with the current staff. Like, how quickly will those decisions happen? not only on the, the main assistant coaches, but your personnel and support team, because there's a lot of people up there, you know, that, that have jobs. And so what will he do kind of with the back end of Nebraska football and the front end? Yeah. Like there's, you, know, you talk about Brian Kelly, when he went to LSU, he brought in 47 new back end hires in one year. Yeah. See, see, is that what we're, I, I don't know if that's what we're looking at or not. I think I, that's like the extreme end of it, mm -hmm. but it's certainly possible. I mean, mm -hmm. hey, that, that, no, that's what else? Now, when contract Mike, details. Yeah. Like when Mike Riley Money. was hired, um, assistant coach pool, yeah. they wiped out almost everybody back then. Like maybe four or five people were kept in the back end of things, right? When Mike Riley came, and that was it. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think. Well, Kenny Wilhite obviously was kept on. Uh, Trent, not Trent Bray, but um, the Mike Bray's son, Notre Dame basketball coach, he was offered to stay. And then he left, but there were only like four or five people back then that were kept on and they were not coaches. They were like back end people. Okay. So are we looking at how many back end people? And obviously will any of the assistants be retained? Yeah. You would think that would have to be known by Monday. Yeah. I some so. of that. Yeah. Some of that for sure. Well, especially just considering the, the timelines we talked about with visits starting to official, like in home official visits starting to happen. December 2nd. You got to have staff. Yeah. You got to be able to cover the map and hit the ground running. Yep. The clock's ticking. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And if you haven't logged on, we have so much coverage already on Matt Rule and HuskerOnline.com. Yeah. Sipple did his initial column. We got the story from the news breaking this morning. Uh, Robin broke down the comments on ESPN's College Game Day. Uh, Grant Hansen has a, a social media reaction piece up on the front page of the site right now. Brian Munson has contacted and heard from several of the recruits. We have a recruit reaction piece. Um, so tons of great content pieces right now um, on, the, on the site to get caught up on the Matt Rule hire. Um, just as we kind of digest through this Saturday morning and, and the big news that's happened here in Lincoln, um, a great time to join Husker Online too. $25 gets you on for one year um, all the way up until the start of football season next year. So for $25, um, you'll have access um, basically until September 1st. Uh, of the website. So make sure you're taking advantage of that great deal uh, that we currently have. And let me tell you the numbers, the traffic that we've had in the last two weeks, it's been remarkable. So a lot of interest in what's going on. Should be a lot of interest. This is the, this is the, uh, 
this is a big, I mean, it's a major change. This is the future. Um, this is the, this is the guy that's going to lead that program, and it's as big. This is big. I mean, we we'll try to break it down as best we can. You know, somebody brought up a question. What about Vince Ginta? Yeah, what about Baylor. him, Sean? Well, he never worked with Matt Rule. Um, he was not a part of Matt Rule. He he came in. Vince Ginta, tell people who Vince. So Vince Ginta is. is a hire that Bill Callahan made years ago, and he came back to Nebraska to work with Scott Frost this year, but to before, run the recruiting to run department. the recruiting department, right. kind of. Bob Welton, who's Nick Saban's chief recruiting guy, had that position for Scott Frost, left in like two months, went to Alabama. Frost never replaced that role, hired Ginta this year. Ginta had worked at Wisconsin, uh, Utah State, I believe, and, and um, Utah and Oregon State. So he'd been all kind of around, but he had never worked with um, with Matt Rule. Um, so Ginta and Rule have never been on the same staff um, so it's unknown. In fact, there's only one person I know of in the building that's worked with Matt Rule, Aura Garst. Really? The digital social media guy. Um, he was on the staff at Baylor with Matt Rule. Is that right? Yeah. So just one one of those connections. It, yeah, he could blow it out. I mean, it, it might be a totally new staff. And like you said, front end and back end. Yeah. And I know people have mixed emotions about that because obviously there's some coaches you could – really talk yourself into being valuable assets that certainly earned their stripes with the work they did this year with all the circumstances. But again, coaches, they have their guys. And a lot of times it's, it's, it's rare when you just say, all right, well, you, 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 you from the previous staff yeah. and stay here, mm-hmm. you know, especially considering some of the dynamics with a guy like Mickey Joseph. All right. More super chats. Um, thoughts in Dion. This is from uh Bangarang. Thoughts in Dion going to see you in game next year? Yeah, there's rumors Dion Sanders is going to go to Colorado. And Nebraska plays Colorado in mm. week two on the road. Okay. So that's what, I mean, it'd be fun. Uh, that would get a lot of attention, especially if Nebraska is able to beat Minnesota. And that, that Thursday night opener in Minneapolis, I mean, there could be a lot of national buzz about that one. I always thought Dion, I always thought of Dion if, if he's going to make this big jump up to the power five it would be in the southeast i thought that's that's where he would kind of put down his his uh flag so to speak um so i'm interested in it from that standpoint that colorado is an interesting place for him to go now that that's listen i mean you you look at colorado now a little different like there's going to be a lot of energy if that's happening are we saying that's no there's just rumors going on right now okay yeah if that happened Man, you'd watch that. That's a border. I state borders you. Now the I Big mean, Ten does the new TV contract start next year? So like there would be an NBC, a CBS potentially, and a does that all start next year? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to. I know there's some the CBS thing is still with the SEC maybe one more year, uh, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of inventory um, to kind of put some of these games on. Um, David here in the super chat. David Jorgensen has a comment. Begins July first, two thousand twenty-three. So yeah. There'll, there'll be potentially that could be an NBC game, a CBS or a oh. Fox. No oh. ABC, ESPN at that point. Okay. Yes. Um, CBS, Fox, NBC. Uh, David wants to know: Do you do you think Matt will sit with the current coaches on Monday and do interviews? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I wish I knew that. Yeah, I don't. I I can't say I know. Well, I think there are some current coaches. It's just happened. I mean, some we, current coaches like know they're probably done. I mean, yeah, like Mike Dawson, Travis Fisher, the guys that were like that were came here with Scott Frost from UCF. Like they're realistic to know that, you know, this, 
their time's done probably. probably. I mean, there's a few, maybe a Mickey Joseph, a Bill Bush, a Brian Applewhite, some guys like that that are you know thinking, hey, maybe I'll get a chance. Mm-hmm. But I think most guys that know the coaching business know that it's tough to be retained. Mm-hmm. It's because when there's this much money involved, you want your own people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So well, it's I not mean, just money. I mean, you just you generally coaches go with who they're familiar with. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least conversations, maybe like a not like a formal sit down interview, but just maybe like a feeler to where you know. Oh, this fascinating conversation because he might have it all done. Yeah, that's I mean, true. It's I mean, be it, a total moot point, at right? This point. It could be a complete moot point, Sean. I mean, I would think Trev, when you go to rule, that coach better give you a pretty good idea of what he's bringing with him. Real good idea. Yeah, there, there's one guy that his name came up early on that could like a, a staff person, not a coach. But um, this Ryan Kelly, and he's the assistant athletic director at Long Island University. Um, he had been with Rule at both Baylor and Temple as assistant director of operations, associate director of football operations. Um, so that that's a guy's name that back end a back end guy that has been with Rule everywhere. And when Rule's name first started coming out, this was the guy because Husker fans are pretty. Uh, what's the word I want to use? They're good detectives. They know how to mm-hmm. sniff things out. Sleuths. Uh, once like his, this guy told somebody that rules in play at Nebraska and, and that story circulated the whole state of Nebraska. Yeah. So maybe he'd be involved. And I just don't think it's a situation where Matt rule got the job today and then woke up and said, Hey, Oh yeah, I got to start thinking I about start hiring coaches. Yeah, no, I, he had to have that pretty well. And I, a pretty good idea, if not fully set who he's going to have here. Okay. Uh, DSFS Cummings. Um, wants to know happy. He's very happy with Matt rule. Okay. He thinks his RPO offense is physical. Okay. Yeah. I don't know a lot about his offense to be honest. Well, and again, it's, is it his offense? He doesn't call plays. So I guess it depends he on manages. It, yeah. Though. He manages the offense. So I guess we'll see what the offensive coordinator is, who that is and what that picture looks like. But physicality, I have zero doubt will be a major element to whatever they do offensively just because of his emphasis on the offensive line i mean that's that's what he prides himself on is yeah, developing o-line trenches. developing the trenches yeah. and so that falls in line you, you get i mean i don't know if trev hires a guy that's not going to have a physical run game i mean he's, I he's seen what so. happens yeah. i mean you have to be able to run the ball to win in the big 10 conference. especially the weather against wisconsin was an eye-opener like trey palmer the way he ran at iowa city he couldn't run like that against wisconsin casey thompson couldn't throw like that mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nebraska caught a big break in Iowa for a Black Friday game mm-hmm. to have clear skies, limited wind, and 50-degree weather. Yeah, it was crisp. It was beautiful. Yeah, no, I think you're right, guys. I think he – I mean, you got – Trev was not going to hire I – mean, I don't think he would hire somebody. Mike Leach. Yeah. Like someone like that's going to run a, something like that. That's right. an extreme, but yeah. like, you know. Or Brom. I mean, I don't think Nebraska wanted, wanted to be Purdue. Well, DeBoer, you know, and to be – we, we talked about Kalen DeBoer. He throws it a lot. Yeah. Like he's a big pass guy. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, I like, I liked what Mickey had said about it. Not again, I'm not comparing Mickey rule. I'm not picking, picking a side there, but Mickey said, you got to look like the teams you're playing in your, in your division. And, and you got to be able to, um, you got to be able to run the ball, stop the run and manage the clock. You know, Nebraska, tried to operate in a way that you didn't didn't really do that you know they didn't manage the clock they let the other team dictate terms that's what i hey that's what i'm getting at here okay this is it just hit me 
why like Michigan and what I believe in works in the Big Ten. You got to have an offense that dictates terms, that the terms aren't dictated to you. How do you dictate terms? You have an offensive line that um, dictates terms, that the run game can dictate terms. And it also it also can salt away leads, insult away games. Mm-hmm. And you saw against Wisconsin, Nebraska couldn't do that. They had the ball up, what, 14 to 9? Five minutes to go. If you can get three first couldn't downs do there, it couldn't do it because the offensive line broke Zero down. Zero push. They were yeah. losing yards. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I found this from a, uh, a Baylor story from kind of evaluating Baylor's run game post Matt Rule. And they looked back on it and said, when Rule was there from 2017 to 19, they used much more of a pure drop back passing game with an inside inside zone okay. scheme. Okay. And, uh, the, the hallmark of the running game was quote line up and dominate your opponent. Okay, that's beautiful. You no, know, that's that's what Trev wanted. Nebraska fans want to hear that. Yeah, and yeah, and the boss, the boss wanted to hear yes, that. He does. Yeah. All right, some more super chats. Patrick Bruning says this wants to comment on Colorado. They're not going to get Dion. They don't care about football. Hmm. And I, I'll be more interested how many Nebraska fans are in Boulder and at Minnesota for those first two road games Thursday yeah. night in Minnesota. Yeah, and then obviously. 10 days later on a Saturday in, in Boulder. I mean, oh, there's going to be a ton. It's going to be interesting. It's I mean, gonna it's going to be fun. Yeah. The first, the first two games next year, we fun. Um, all right. Another super chat from James uh, Boardman. What were your thoughts in the second half yesterday when Nebraska went conservative and Iowa started moving the ball? I wouldn't say Nebraska went, I mean, they were just trying to run clock and, and Casey Thompson was running the play clock down. They were doing what they could. I mean, hell, they they threw that pass to Trey Palmer. It was like third and sixteen, and he got fifteen. He about mm-hmm. got it. Yeah. Um. So they they were they were that close to closing the game in a couple of those moments. The miss to Oliver Martin was wide open. Would have been a touchdown on an accurate throw. Yeah. I mean, so they they took some shots. They could kick the field goal to win the game, but there's a chance of it getting blocked if he missed it. The field position. Yeah, they were playing clock and field position. They played the odds and they punted. Unfortunately, the gunner got got what's the word I want to use tricked by the re- return guy. Cause he thought he was going to catch it and the ball just bounced right behind him. Yeah. Um, so they, they couldn't pin Iowa, but I think Nebraska liked their odds that Iowa was not going to go 80 yards and score touchdown. Right. Oh yeah. Which, you know, safe bet given the way that offense had played, but right. You know, I mean, that's, that's the risk that you, when you put that much pressure on your defense, which they've been doing a lot of, they did it against Wisconsin, they did it against Iowa. I mean, go, go back and they've had halftime leads uh, the offense isn't doing its part late in games. And I think that was a real problem for why they weren't able to close out so many games until Friday night. And then um, that trophy, I want to talk about the trophy uh, thing on the, the field. The Heroes Trophy. Uh, I got some pretty good video Trey has here. Um, we can show you just from that moment on the field yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had a couple photographers fall down on the scrum here in the middle of the handshake at the beginning of the game. But uh, here, here you'll see the Nebraska players – Going to get the hero's trophy. This is them having the trophy, bringing the trophy into the stands. Yeah. And <laughs> there are people. I mean, I love Iowa Stadium in the sense how close you are to the action. If you're a fan. No, you're really close. I mean, you literally, if like Mark Whipple was in a huddle, you could be like two feet away from him and tell him whatever you wanted to Ten say. Ten feet away from him. Well, it's. Oh, no, you're right. Two no, feet. there's yeah. no walk. You're right. Yeah, you're right. That's two feet. You're right, Sean. I mean, that, look at these guys. <laughs> It's beautiful. It's a great it a, scene. It was a party. 
Yeah, it's a great scene. It's been I'm a happy. long time since Nebraska fans have been able to do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just genuinely thrilled for those kids and those fans. Just look at Garrett Nelson's face when he's holding yeah, that trophy. It's... I mean, that that says it all. A guy that has never beaten Iowa. I mean, this season has been it's what Mark it is. Whipple. It's been really difficult, but like that moment watching Garrett Nelson carry that trophy off the field like it was the Lombardi trophy, it just shows how much that meant and how important that was for those players. People can write it off. I mean, look at him. Absolutely. Here's a guy. Here's the thing, guys. Football is a is a hard sport, and it's not fun if you're losing. It's. I don't think many guys would say, "Yeah, I'm having a I'm having a ball." When you when you're on a five game losing streak, four game losing streak, it's hard. It's a it's a hard preparation sport. Your body hurts, but you know what? You know what? You know where the fun is. It's an achievement. It, it's a it's a it's in the achievement with a group of guys, and that's what you saw yesterday. But you know what? This team did. You could tell. This team stayed close. I mean, that is a – and, you know, we always do this thing where we, we credit Mickey, credit Mickey. There's a lot of people that, that you should credit in that Look at Travis Fisher here. Got the entire staff. <laughs> yeah, the entire staff and the player leadership. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the guys stayed together. And like I said, the fun of football is largely in group achievement. And that's why yesterday was great for these guys. They always have this now. Look at that. Look at that. They always have this. That trophy looks like it'd be heavy. It's a good trophy. <laughs> These trophy games in the Big Ten, that's what we've learned about the Big Ten. They mean a lot, baby. I mean, they mm-hmm. like that old oak and bucket and Paul Bunyan's axe. That stuff is huge. Well, think about it. It's, it's been, huge to these teams. Think about eight years. Like a young kid in Nebraska would have gone from first grade to eighth grade before they've seen Nebraska beat Iowa. Yeah. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Good. Yeah. Think about how long that stretches a y- when you're young. Mm-hmm. Like young fans, young people. Mm-hmm. Don't have any recollection of seeing Nebraska even beat Iowa, let alone. And there it was. There it was um, yesterday. Big game, a big win. Big all right, win. let's go. A few more super chats I want to get to as we wrap up this show. And and thanks again. Uh, we topped out at well over a thousand live viewers at one time. So uh very, very well received show. Thank you again for everybody for uh, watching us here today. Um Malachi Coleman, Dwight Boodle both made tweets. Um, does that mean anything to Mickey being retained? I don't what, what what kind of tweets? Just just that they're all in kind of recognizing the hire okay uh being supportive of a hire of matt rule I, I think it's too premature to say i don't think we would know this early yeah it's high school kids tweeting i mean i re- only read so much into it it's not a definitive right. statement by any right. stretch right. like Either on way. an eight-year whatever this deal is going to right. be type of they've arrangement. never even had a conversation with matt rule yet one recruit they're all is not like gonna know this type of stuff quite yet i mean there's... probably not probably not. <laughs> trev's nuts they're feeding malachi all the inside info on what's gonna happen <laughs> but yeah so here's the timeline again um this morning nebraska officially announced matt rule about 9 a.m matt rule joined college game day um nebraska confirmed that he signed an eight-year contract the terms of the deal not yet known um, we'll probably know that by monday uh, but we will hear from matt rule 1 30 on Monday. So from now until Monday, we got a lot of work to do to kind of find out more about the staff, what's mm-hmm. going on. Like what, what's on the Steve Sippel list now today? Well, I don't know. I mean, I got to think about it. Um, 
I mean, I'm interested in looking at the roster and seeing, you know, exactly what he's inheriting and what he might be able to keep. I'm interested in that question about how many guys from Temple and Baylor did he put in the NFL? What's that picture look like? Staff. I'd like to know the staff, but I mean, there's some stuff we're just not going to know when we get off the mic here. I mean, I don't think you're going to know the staff. I, I wouldn't, I mean, I, I wonder if Mickey even knows right now if if he'll be part. I'd of imagine it. he'll be called in. He'll yeah. be one of the first guys called in. Mm-hmm. All so, the coaches will probably be called in at some point. Yeah, we just don't know what that point is, but it's got to be soon. Now, um, Andrew Ozaki, who works with us at KTV, is as one of our. He, he was over there in the parking lot um, and got a co- comment from Magua Clements. I know, and I, you know, just well, it's so new. I mean, no one really has yeah. any comments yet. I mean, it's yeah. just. I think it's all marinating with everybody. I mean, we everyone got back last. The team got back about what eight thirty last night. Mm-hmm. I don't know what time they got back, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. The players, we'll find out on Twitter what some of them have to think. But I don't, I don't. I mean, I want to be respectful to guys. I mean, they they just got done. They just got done winning a big game, and it probably hasn't fully set in what's going on. I mean, they had, they obviously felt good about the leadership they had, and now there's going to be new leadership. And some of them don't know anything about Matt Rule. Yeah, I mean, you they think that. of the last 12 hours for them. Right. I mean, right. they're coming off like one of the most emotional win maybe of the Scott Frost mm-hmm. era, mm-hmm. Mickey Joseph era, and then, you know, they wake up the next morning, they got a new, new head leadership. coach. Yeah. You know, like, that's a lot and, to and there's And there will be kids that don't know anything about Matt Rule. Did, no doubt. did you get the sense they were adamant maybe to not have this thing officially inked until the game was over? Yes. Just to respect – yesterday i think so i felt that way like that they kind of had it in a holding tank yeah basically done but they didn't do it officially until after the game out of respect to the kids i think so it would have been i mean it kind of was a nightmare covering that game um just being i mean like getting you and i got up and talked in the press box probably 50 because we were hearing things i mean you know, we had heard we had heard that the deal wasn't done yesterday. So I mean, I don't know what what was accurate or what was not, but yeah, a lot of stuff was being thrown out. Yeah, there's a lot flying around during during the game. I mean, I I mean, Nebraska went up seventeen to zero when I got a call from a source that said it's done. Um, so that's what I mean when I say awkward. It was kind of awkward. I'm trying to cover this game and Nebraska's up seventeen to zero against Iowa. And now my focus has to shift a little bit to the rule story. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant by awkward. Even driving back, just like midnight in Western Iowa, sitting there like, what? you know. Well, we had a we knew what was going on then, though. That's the good thing. But yeah, Trev really thought this out well. Like, hey, let's let's get it teed up to go on college game day. Yeah, take the morning. There headlines. was a plan. And just look at the timing of how everything kind of got out yesterday. Like coincidentally all of the national reporters started hearing from sources that nebraska was close closing in on matt rule all at the same time like that happens by design yeah. and the timing of it to have that conversation go on during a national black friday broadcast and then lead right into an interview with matt rule on espn college game day trev's calculated he does, he does things that way yeah. like that that was in his mind and then i think first and foremost though he didn't want it to take away from the players' attention going into that game. Like the news really didn't surface until the game was already being played. The players weren't going to see it. Would you say it was orchestrated about as well as you could expect the whole thing? I mean, in today's day and age to keep something like that as secretive as he did. Now I know that there were 
plenty of rumors flying around, but like as far as like legitimate reports that came out, it was about as locked down as you possibly could imagine. And yeah. to do that at a place like Nebraska, where there are no secrets and everybody talks, mm-hmm. that's impressive. Well, and then beating Iowa on top of that. I mean, it just yeah. the that's momentum right. that he's going to get because this season was tough for a lot of people, but at least you have that win over oh, Iowa. Yeah. I mean, it was the best win, best win for Nebraska. I mean, do you count the 2020 Penn State win as a good win? 2020 the, pin, not really. No, I, I mean, it, it was kind of like COVID <laughs> win. No, I barely remember it. I, you know, like, I mean, good. I'm just trying to think like what other win. Penn like, State wasn't good that year. Like the Frost era never had an emotional win of Michigan State in 2018. That would be the closest yeah. one. That's yeah. the first one. Nine to six. For me. Yeah. Snow game. I mean, the Rutgers game, but it was Rutgers, you know, when they went out there yeah. on that Friday night um, when we were in there in 2020. Yeah. The, 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 that was a just a, ugly season with COVID and everything else. Uh, but yeah, this was the best moment arguably in the five years of the frost era. Yeah. I wonder what fan, I, I, I don't see the comments like you guys that I, I would think that fans, Nebraska fans would feel pretty good right now after a win against Iowa on its on Iowa's home field. And then followed by this sort of news, this new direction. I, I mean, it seems like most do some don't. Yeah. Okay. All right. A couple more super chats, Tyler Redwine. How about the uh, tweet that Rule made yesterday uh, with a German Shepherd, a black lab, <laughs> and a rat terrier tweet by Rule? C- can you interpret that? What that so means? So he posted a photo of his dogs at their, their beach house or wherever he is right now, um, and their position where there's a German Shepherd, a black lab, and a little rat terrier. G B R. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, uh, it's talking about sleuths. Yeah. The Husker Online, Red Sea Scrolls, sleuths got to work and they deciphered that. That's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, look, that's pretty the, good. The, the power of our board has has no end. That's Don't pretty... underestimate Husker fans. <laughs> no, that's impressive. There you go. There's the, the there's the first yeah, right there. Oh, and in Black Friday. Yep. Hashtag Black Friday. Oh yeah. Look at that. Good looking dogs. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. And Matt Rule has three children, right? He's three. Um, I don't know that. He, he talked about that. Uh, you know, has young. I know he has kids. I don't know how. Yeah, to know. I believe it's th- and talked about that. Just and his oldest son wanted him to get back into coaching. He said in the interview. So um, it'll be interesting. His whole family totally different than when Frost was hired. When Frost was hired, he had none of his family here. Remember that? It was just a completely different feel. Yeah. And you know, I'd imagine Rule's going to be very front and present with mm-hmm. his entire family. I don't know. We'll see on that. I don't know if he will be or not. I. I think so. I, I mean, he was at his other ones. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But All yeah, right. Whatever. I mean, that stuff matters to a certain extent, I guess. Yeah. Uh, K, uh, K. Neca, one more here. Temple, Baylor, not Big Ten teams. OCDC, all that matters. How is his record versus the Big Ten? Remember, versus Michigan State. Okay. Well, I will say, um, go back to at Temple. He went into State College and he hammered Penn State. Did they hammer? Yeah. Opening game of the season pretty good and it was 2016 i think it's pretty good they went into i mean imagine a smaller school in the state of pennsylvania going in to penn state big and hammering them it's big oh it's big i mean man yeah i I don't know how much baylor played pin i don't know how much Baylor played the big 10 but no he's right he's right You, you really do look at the oc and dc here it's huge those are huge positions um that's the kind of things that these next few days, that's what it's about, sizing up that sort of thing. And, Sean, you'll be better at this than I, but you got to look at the staff with a recruiting eye. 
each individual staff member, what kind of re, what kind of recruiting acumen does he bring? That's the sort of stuff that the fans are going to be interested in. But yeah, the OC and DC, huge, huge. I mean, and then how is you know another question is how is this how is Rule going to shape his NIL operation? Right now, Nebraska has two collectives, two main collectives. I think it'd be better to have one main collective. But right now there's two. Now, how, what's rule? I mean, how much is rule? Does he? How much does he know about it? And how much will his? I gotta think that his first few days here, he better get a handle on all that, right? Yeah, and like, yeah. will they let them both meet with him? How will they right. do, do these things? Because all that apparatus look. One was kind of put together by Trev Alberts, Big Red Collaborative. The other has the infrastructure of the current collective ABM, mm-hmm. but it's all being backed by the program's arguably largest booster, the Pede family, and mm-hmm. run by Matt Davis. And so there's dynamics politically on both sides of this collective. Yeah, you don't need, yeah, you don't need any, uh, I mean, you need, you need those people pulling together. So what's that apparatus going to look like? That's critical in this discussion. But, so going back to that Temple-Penn State game, Temple came back from down 10 nothing and scored 27 unanswered points. They sat Christian Hackenberg 10 times in that game. Jeez. First win by Temple over Penn State since 1941. Man. This was back in 2015, I believe. So, um, And to your point about the coordinators, uh, guess who his defensive coordinator was in that game? Phil Snow. Oh, is that right? So Phil Snow is his DC at Temple. He was his DC at Baylor, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So and was, uh, who who is the Scott guy that Satterfield? Yeah, yeah. And who is the guy that he's at South Carolina now? Call him play Satterfield. Yeah. Who was the guy that you uh, retweeted the Dave uh, Sittler or whatever? Um, he he said snow. Yeah, he said snow. He called him rules security blanket. So seems pretty obvious that that might be the direction rule goes with his DC because his two previous collegiate stops that was his DC. Would snow join immediately? Join the staff. Mar- I'm sorry, Marcus Satterfield. I said Scott Satterfield. Scott Satterfield is the Louisville head coach. Marcus Satterfield is the South Carolina offensive coordinator. Um, his his background, as far as Marcus Satterfield, he, he's in his first year or second year at South Carolina. He got there in 2021. He was with the Carolina Panthers in 2020. He was at Baylor from 2018 to 2019. Before that, Tennessee Tech. Um, and then he was at Temple from 13 to 15. So, um, you know, he's got an extensive background that's been uh, with Rule. He was a head coach at Tennessee Tech for a short while as well. And that is Marcus Satterfield. Okay. Yeah, you might see him, you might not. Um, Again, these are the things that we're going to be watching closely, watching very closely. All right. Well, any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we wrap up the show? No, I'm glad everybody joined us. Yeah, once again, make sure check out Husker Online. Um, there's going to be so much coverage um, in the really coming months between transfer portal, coaching hires, um, the new regime, everything, um, you know, roster stuff. There's so many things that you're going to want to be on Husker Online for, and we will keep you up to date on that. Um, close to 10 content items up already this morning. So uh, make sure you get on our front page, get caught up on all of the Matt rules things. Uh, Laura Anderson does chime in with one more quick super chat. Name one thing Trev said he wanted that rule doesn't have. This kind of goes back to my original point. Like you look at all the boxes that Trev laid out rule checks to some degree about every single one of them. Now that's, it, that's the, the one, the one concern that I would have is he hasn't been anywhere a long time. 
and you're talking about signing a guy to an eight-year deal, is Matt Rule going to be here for all eight years of that contract? And what's the buyout? Yeah. So that would be the one concern. You want to talk about this, you know, destination, you know, is this his dream job type situation? Or if he does well, is he going to be looking at other options? You know, is there is there another stepping stone that he wants to attain beyond Nebraska? Well, I don't know that. I'm just saying, like, if there's one question that I have about a box that he might not necessarily check, that would be towards the top. Yeah, me. I don't think that was a box, though. I don't think Trev. You don't, you're not worried about the long term? Well, I don't think he talked about that. Trev in his initial Stability. on September 11th, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, that would be one good column. I could go back to that September 11th, and he, he did, and just see mention, how rule lines up to it. Yeah, yeah, he mentioned six or seven things. Yes, that'd be that wouldn't be a bad idea. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler goes. What if the super chats just keep coming? Will you guys keep extending the show? Well, and... I don't see why not. <laughs> I got say, nothing to do. So you got to buy Sipple's lunch now. <laughs> no, I'm not hungry, so I, we're all right. I'm not hungry. I had I had bowls. We right ordered there. a pizza on the way home from Iowa City, the Wigan Pen. It's pretty good. Maybe the best pizza in the Big Ten. It's good pizza. You guys are a bigger fan of garlic on pizza than I am. I'll say that it. publicly now. A little too strong for you. Yeah, a little, yeah. A little too garlicky. Yeah. It was it was a pretty strong garlic on that one. I, mean, they I were like, like the pizza. Clothes. Don't don't get me wrong. I liked it. <laughs> I I don't do garlic on pizza very often. It's delicious. All right. Well. Thank you again for joining us here on this special. We uh, yeah, we, we've we've even gone for 80 minutes almost. That's pretty good. So we've, <laughs> we've had an hour and 20-minute show. Just getting started. Um, Trey Yannity, our back-end producer, thank you as well for um, uh, coming in here on a holiday weekend Saturday and getting us all set up with everything. But um, Nebraska hires Matt Rule. Make sure you check out HuskerOnline.com. We've got plenty of coverage. Great sign-up special as well. $25 gets you access to HuskerOnline.com all the way up until the start of next football season. Thanks again for joining us.